Have you ever wondered, why me? Why was I diagnosed with Crohn's? Why am I saddled with this colitis diagnosis? Of course you have. We all say, why me? From time to time. It's completely natural. And most of the time, we mean it in a why me kind of way. We're just putting it out there to the universe because there's no real answer. There's no answer to this question. But what if you really asked why? What if you actually knew the why behind your IBD? Imagine what knowing why you get this illness, imagine what that would do for how you treat it at the root cause level. Today, we're going deep, my friend. We are taking it to the root to the why behind your IBD. So you can use this information to create a personalized healing plan tailored just for you. Are you ready for a big, bold episode? Fasten your seatbelt and get ready for some big revelations. You are listening to the Cheeky Podcast for Moms with IBD, a safe space where moms with Crohn's and colitis connect, explore powerful tools for healing, and transform our lives to thrive in motherhood and in life. I'm your host, Karen Haley, IBD health coach, integrative wellness enthusiast, and mom to three outstanding kids. After having Crohn's disease for 30 years and working as a health advocate exclusively with IBD clients for the last 10 years, I know it's time to bring the types of candid conversations I have with my clients out into the open. It's our time to go on an IBD healing journey and do it like only a mom can. Let's do this. Well, hey there, Karen here with you on the Cheeky Podcast, and it's time that we have a good, juicy chat. We need one. Get your cup of tea, coffee if you have it. I've got some lemon lavender mint and a candle by my side. I'm just going to start, and I hope you'll start with me. Let's just take a deep breath. Just a collective breath in and let it out. Get centered, grounded. And just feel open to learn everything you can about why IBD came knocking on your door. Okay, our conversation today, it has to start with a little disclaimer about your doctor. I have to say thank God for gastroenterologists. After all of their academic smarts, and let's face it, they're smart, right? You have to be smart to get into medical school. And then getting through medical school and then specializing in gastroenterology and hopefully getting board certified even. You just know it. They have to be smart. They have medical and scientific knowledge to help them treat our Crohn's and colitis with state-of-the-art medications when everything has failed and we just can't get out of a nasty flare-up. And thank God for colorectal surgeons who are just as smart as gastroenterologists. And again, they went through all that medical school rigor, board certifications, and they have to remain steady and clear-headed when they perform intricate and complicated bowel surgeries so that we can function in life again. We need medical professionals. 
We need people like this in our life when we have IBD. I always tell my clients, make sure you keep your ties with a qualified gastro, a surgeon if you have the stricturing kind of disease or massive colon involvement because you just never know when you're going to need them. But the problem with always focusing on what the gastro gives you as a treatment option and focusing on their treatment regime, the the medication-only approach, the problem with that is, number one, it discounts so many other ways that are available to us to heal our digestive tract, ways that don't include risks like a suppressed immune system or the risk of lymphoma. Number two, it doesn't take into account that Crohn's and colitis are highly impacted by the food we put into our body. And number three, our IBD, it doesn't ever really heal. Instead, it covers it up. It's like when you have friends coming over, I know we all do this, when you have friends coming over and you shove all the crap that's laying around in your house, you shove it into a nearby closet and you just hope that nobody looks there, your Crohn's and colitis, it's still there. It's just not initially seen at first glance. And again, I'm so grateful for medication for IBD, but In this time, in this day and age, with so much information at our fingertips, if you're not pairing your medication with more natural, more root cause approaches, if you're not looking for ways to spend significant amounts of time away from your medication-only approach, you are really missing the boat on what it is to truly find freedom from this devastating illness. Freedom that can give you your life back and you, dear one, you deserve your life back. You deserve it. And your family deserves to have all of you well. Freedom from IBD, it is a beautiful thing. So when we're talking about Crohn's and colitis and other ways to find impactful healing, you've most likely heard about approaches other than medicine. And if you're a Cheeky Podcast regular, you definitely have heard about other ways to heal. Ways like using food or supplements or lifestyle, right? Like finding tools that help manage your stress, the stress you're having in your life. But why do approaches like these work and why should you try them? Today, I want to take you back just a little bit and I want to go a little bit deeper with you to help you truly understand the how and the why behind natural root cause medicine because it's really, it's one thing to practice it. You know, you go on that gut healing diet, it's gluten-free or dairy-free or maybe it's the specific carbohydrate diet or autoimmune paleo. It's one thing to take the supplements you see touted on the internet as something that helps IBD. Maybe it's vitamin D or turmeric or some type of gut repair powder. But it's a whole nother thing to really, at this deep level, get the how and the why behind natural approaches like this. Knowing why these approaches work can help you tailor them 
to best suit your needs and help the approaches that you pick help them work best for you. It's so important that you don't just go out and try the diet or supplement that everyone is talking about because you won't really understand how your own makeup affects that and what you try when it doesn't work. Sometimes then you'll think to yourself, oh, well, everybody's just wrong. These natural remedies, I tried it. They don't work. Or you might think to yourself, what's wrong with me? Why do these things work for everyone, but not me? You see, IBD mamas who really get the why and the how behind a more natural way of healing. Now, these are the mamas who know so much about their body that they know what works for it. They know what doesn't work. And these mamas, oh man, they are truly unstoppable. To get this conversation started, we need to remember that Crohn's and colitis are autoimmune diseases. Diseases that for some reason, the immune system begins to attack itself. Lots of people around the world suffer from some sort of autoimmunity. Almost 4% of the world's population has one of 80 known autoimmune conditions. 80 known autoimmune conditions. That's a lot. And according to the American Autoimmune Related Diseases Association, as many as 50 million Americans are living with an autoimmune disease. And the cost of treating it in America alone is 86 billion, yeah, with a B, 86 billion dollars a year. A year. Many don't even know that they have autoimmunity. They know that they don't feel well, but they don't really know why. They rush from doctor to doctor, never getting a proper diagnosis, and oftentimes they're being told that if they just calmed down, if they just got over their anxiety or their stress, it often feels like we're getting this verbal, like pat on the head saying, okay, little girl, calm down, then maybe your problem will go away. You might have been in that place yourself, maybe even for a long time before you got that diagnosis of inflammatory bowel disease. Well, at least after all the crazy, after all of the just wanting to pull your hair out moments that we all know and have, at least we know what autoimmune disease we have. We have Crohn's or colitis, maybe we have both, and I should say this, actually, that at least we know one of our autoimmune conditions because if you know anything about autoimmunity and how it works, you know that autoimmunity likes to travel in multiples. So it's not uncommon for IBDers to also have other autoimmune conditions like thyroid disease or lupus, fibromyalgia, psoriasis, rheumatoid arthritis, and the list goes on and on. To really become a badass IBD mama, to really take control of your own healing destiny, it's time that you got a behind-the-scenes look at your autoimmunity and what's causing your IBD. And that's actually the place where root cause healing begins to take shape. When we want to move beyond medicine to help treat our symptoms at the root level, 
we start here in the why and in the how in what's created all this gut chaos in the first place. And the really cool thing about autoimmunity in general is that in the last 10, 15 years, the research has exploded. There is so much more known about why we get Crohn's and colitis than ever before. I remember 35 years ago when I was first diagnosed, no one knew anything. Literally, I remember my doctor telling me, this is what you have and we have no idea why it happens. But in your lifetime, he said, I bet we figure out why and I bet we find a cure. And now finally, the research is coming up. The research is coming in droves. Unfortunately, though, the phenomenal research that's coming out, it hasn't really changed the way that doctors treat us yet. It hasn't really changed the way IBD is treated. Did you know that when new research comes out, the kind that can be replicated and really put to unbiased rigor and those type of tests that show it's so effective, it actually often takes about 20 years from that point to put those new ideas into practice by doctors. 20 years. Talk about a trickle-down effect. It's like it's like a clogged faucet coming out in one drip. It's like a one drip every seven days. Can you imagine if that was your shower? Can you imagine if it worked that way? I know, it's really frustrating. But let me tell you, the good news is that it's coming. 35 years ago, I couldn't tell you that. Now I can tell you it's coming. Medical practices and doctors are beginning to catch up with the science. So I know it's slow, but we're getting there. So what is the research telling us about IBD and about what the whys and the hows of autoimmunity are? What do we know about why this autoimmune disorder is plaguing us? It all has to do with a three-legged stool. Yep, <laughs> you heard me right. A three-legged stool. Okay, picture this. Picture a bar stool. It's round on the top with three legs underneath, and that's the part that's holding you up. You sit your behind on the top. The three legs are holding you up. It's perfectly balanced. Those three legs have got you supported. But what would happen if one of those legs broke? Can a three-legged stool hold you up with only two supports? What about one support? No, absolutely not. With even just one leg of the stool missing, the stool collapses. And this is how autoimmunity works. Autoimmunity is like a three-legged stool. Each leg of the stool represents a factor that greatly contributed to your IBD diagnosis. If we can begin to strengthen just one leg of that stool before it crumbles, or even if it crumbles, if we can rebuild it, we can have a profound positive impact on weakening the strength of this IBD monster. If we strengthen two of those legs, even bigger power, and all three, oh my goodness, now you've made the types of strides that will profoundly, positively impact the rest of your life.
Now you might be thinking, wow, Karen, she's really put it all together. That is an amazing analogy, the three-legged stool. I never thought of that. That's so insightful of her. But no, (laughs) I'm just the messenger here. Researchers, scientists, and some doctors have been talking about the three-legged stool approach to autoimmunity since probably around the early 2000s. I'm just relaying this information as I understand it best. So many have batted around this idea, but I think I heard that it first came from Dr. Alessio Fasano, a researcher, a clinician, and an MD working in the field of digestive disease and autoimmune disorders. And I want you to get the whys and the hows of the rungs of the autoimmune three-legged stool so that you can start to put the puzzle pieces of your own illness together. What are your main culprits, your main factors? They're different for all of us, but knowing yours will help you begin to formulate the best root cause. You know, get IBD at its roots and just rip them out. It'll help you figure out that type of treatment plan for you. So what are the legs? What are these legs of the autoimmunity stool? Well, the three legs are genetics, the microbiome and possibly intestinal permeability along with that. And then the last one is the stressor. So those three legs. Let me give that to you one more time. Leg number one is genetics, your DNA, your gene expression that you were given at birth. The next rung of the stool is the health and the strength of your microbiome. The trillions of bugs that inhabit our digestive tract, I know, a lovely thought. And they determine if you are healthy or if you are suffering with gut dysbiosis. And then the third leg, it's the stressor. It's the trigger that causes everything to collapse. Okay, so now you know what each leg of the autoimmunity stool represents. Let's just dive in a bit deeper here so that you can begin to put your own whys and hows and ultimately ultimately your own root cause treatment plan together. We'll start with genetics, your DNA. This is what you're given at birth and you can't change it, right? It's just who you are. It's who you're destined to be. If Crohn's or colitis is in your makeup, you're screwed. Well, if you've heard anything at all about an emerging field of research called epigenetics, you know that what we learned as kids about our genes being unflinching is dead wrong. In fact, our genes aren't as stable as we once thought. They may actually be more malleable. And this, this my friend, this is great news for those of us with IBD, those of us whose genes predestined us to this disease. Epigenetics says that just because your parent or your parents give you a gene for autoimmunity or cancer or Alzheimer's, fill in the blank with the disease of your choice, it doesn't mean that you will get it. How mind-blowing is that we have the power to change our genes oh my goodness our genes for the better with that we have the power to change them for the worse as well it's just important to see both sides of this depending on the choices that we make in life and depending on our life factors ones that we have control over and also ones that we don't 
but our genes can change. The Human Genome Project, it has been looking into our DNA and it has concluded that we do have the power to turn off or turn on gene expression. And this is the work of the field of epigenetics. It's fascinating, right? Is it just me? Is it just my nerd brain? Because I just like my mind is like exploding right now when I even talk about it. I don't know. I hope you think that's cool. I think it's really amazing. You know, something that you learned as a child that's so true. And then you find out years later, no, not so much. It's like Pluto, we all thought that was a planet, and now not so much, right? It's epigenetics. It's fascinating. So then let's take this a step further. What does this information mean for you? It means that just as your genes played a role in contracting IBD in the first place, they can also play a role in the root cause healing of your IBD. It means that you may not be doomed to a life of nothing but sickness for the rest of your life. That is really encouraging, isn't it? At the cellular level, we can make positive change happen. When we remove the source of the damage, when we give the tissue time to heal and we restore energy to your cells so that immune function can get back on track, and as a result, inflammation can heal, we literally can change our genetic makeup. We're going to get more into specific ideas on what some options might be for you to consider and how it can be accomplished in part two of our Treating IBD, Moving Beyond Medicine series. But for today, just revel. Revel in the fact that epigenetics is a thing and that genetics are part of our autoimmunity stool and it has the power to become strong again. I want to say one last note about this whole topic, this genes and epigenetics topic. I don't know about you, but for me, when I talk about having IBD and I know there's a gene link there, it always makes me think of my kids. Does it do that for you too? While raising my kids, at least, for me, knowing IBD, because it's been such a big factor in my life, And knowing that I don't want my kids to be destined of a life, destined of a life with IBD, I always just think about it. I think about how can I make sure that this insidious illness doesn't take over their body? Do you think about that too? If this topic makes your mind kind of just go there, then I highly encourage you to check out episode 31 of the podcast. You've got IBD, will your kids get it too? It's got some great ideas for you to give your kids the best start in life and maybe even have an impact on their genes as well. I will leave a link for it in the show notes. It's episode 31. Okay, we talked about the first leg in our three-legged stool of autoimmunity. Are the wheels turning for you about how your personal genetic makeup may have played a role in developing this illness? But also, I'm hoping that you now have the power to say, I hope you feel like you have the power to say, no, no, this is where I am, but this does not mean this is where I'll always be. Powerful stuff. It's powerful stuff. Now, let's talk about the second leg of your stool, the microbiome and possibly the intestinal permeability leg. We'll start with the microbiome. So 
We all know about the microbiome. It's a hot research commodity. I'll tell you that much. Lots of studies are being conducted about the health of the microbiome and how it plays a role in the diagnosis of Crohn's and colitis and in the future of it, in the prevention of it. I'm just so thankful for this because I think it's a start. I think it's a start where scientists are going to use that information to help them find a cure. Oh my goodness, wouldn't that be amazing? What we know about the microbiome is that it plays a vital role in all of our organs, our systems, our pathways, all of those in the body. It plays an especially big role in how our digestive system operates. A healthy microbiome with a diverse range of bacteria, that leads to a healthy gut. And then, of course, that filters into the other areas of our body as well. But an unhealthy, unbalanced gut bug ratio, now that leads to an imbalance of bacteria. And this state of imbalance leads to chinks in our immune function. And in the case of IBD, the immune system begins to attack itself. We often think of our gut bugs as just a part of our gut, but the bacteria of your gut will actually have a huge impact on many functions of your body. Once the immune system begins attacking itself, inflammatory pathways begin to light up because the immune system regulates inflammation. See how the microbiome, our immune system, and our inflammation are all intricately related. As our immune system begins to wage war against itself, our inflammatory pathways, they turn on and they begin to wreak havoc on our digestive system. It's the perfect IBD storm. And it can all be traced back to your microbiome. Now, the same doctor who first started talking about this three-legged stool analogy of autoimmune disease, Dr. Alessio Fasano, he's the same man who was the first to bring up this idea of intestinal permeability, or as it's commonly called, leaky gut. And we just cannot talk about the microbiome, about IBD, without mentioning leaky gut. If you're really familiar with this topic, bear with me for just a second because it's important that we're all on the same page when we talk about leaky gut. And of course, a refresher is always good too. So leaky gut, it starts with the mucosal lining of the digestive tract. The barrier between what goes into our bloodstream and what stays in the digestive tract. This mucosal lining of the gut, it's what we call semi-permeable. It means that some things pass through and some things stay out. And we want the nutrients in our food, right? We want the nutrients in the water in our system. We want that to pass through. But we don't want large food particles or other foreign substances getting into the bloodstream. When autoimmunity strikes, our bacterial system can be out of balance, so our intestinal wall becomes inflamed, and then it's just not unusual for the tight junctions of the mucosal lining, it's not unusual for them to just open a bit, just to get a bit wider. It's kind of like they get a little bit saggy from, from the inflammation. So they open a little bit wider. And what happens then is food particles and toxins breach the barrier and they enter into the bloodstream. And this is what's called intestinal permeability or leaky gut. 
Now, just because you have IBD doesn't mean that you have leaky gut, but many do. And it can lead to other autoimmune diseases. It can lead to more food sensitivities. It can lead to hormonal changes, metabolic disorders, you name it. And all of it started with the second leg of your autoimmune stool, the microbiome. Now, again, we're going to be getting into some ways you can help your microbiome to restore its balance in part two of this series. But I do want to share with you what new emerging research is looking into when it comes to gut dysbiosis and balancing the bacteria in our digestive system. There has been a great deal of research into probiotics helping in this area. There's even a specific multi-strain probiotic that you may have heard of. It's been shown to have a positive impact for those with IBD. It's called VSL number three or VisBiome. And these are high quality, high dose probiotics that have the research studies backed behind them showing that they're very effective in aiding our microbiome and helping it balance itself out. But even what I think is even cooler is the latest research into targeting very specific probiotic strains to help those with IBD bring their gut dysbiosis back into balance. For example, there's research showing the positive effects of a strain called LA1 or Lactobacillus acidophilus. It's been shown specifically to improve intestinal barrier function. So there you go. If you have leaky gut, this particular strain can prove beneficial for you. Another probiotic strain, Bifidobacterium lactis, it has been shown and researched and shown to be associated with lowering colonic inflammation. And it's also been shown to be beneficial in regulating T cells in the body. And that's huge because excessive activation of T cells, you may have heard that before, it can play a large role in the expression of IBD within our body. So that's just a couple of these specific probiotic strain studies that are going on. And I, for one, I really hope that this research continues. Using targeted probiotic strains to help each of us individually with the IBD symptoms that plague us most. How cool is that? It would be a huge advancement in IBD root cause treatments. Okay, so we've got genetics. Now we've got the microbiome. Are you beginning to just put together a picture of how this IBD came about for you? What do you think? What do you think about your microbiome and how it's functioning? Or how it's malfunctioning really is a better question. What do you think about that? There's a different reason for all of us. For some, it could be diet. For others, it could be stress or hormones or a virus or parasites. And we're born with a microbiome. So did the balance that we have, did that develop in utero? That could be a factor here too. As research continues in this field, keep the health of your microbiome at the top of your mind. And we'll talk about ways you can strengthen it in part two of this series. Okay, we've talked about two of the legs. We have to move on and talk about the third one. I'm sure you've heard the saying, the straw that broke the camel's back. 
gene expression and your microbiome, that's one thing. But without the straw that breaks the camel's back, without the stressor, or as, as I like to call it, the trigger, we don't have Crohn's or colitis. This could be the very reason why you get Crohn's, but your sibling doesn't. Possibly the genetic makeup is there for both of you, but you got the trigger. Lucky you, right? And oftentimes, in fact, most of the time, it's not just one trigger, but it's a cascade of triggers, like a rolling snowball because it just gets bigger and bigger as it rolls until it come becomes out of control. Your trigger, it might be chronic life stress over a period of time. It may be bacterial or viral illnesses that favor your gut, like the flu or like food poisoning. It may be a hormonal shift, like starting birth control or giving birth, or less likely, but even going through a hormonal shift like menopause. Now that one is more likely to exacerbate your IBD than create it, but hormone shifts, they do play a role here. Exposure to toxins or pesticides or other autoimmune conditions, all of these things can be your trigger, the final straw that breaks the camel's back. Most of my newly diagnosed IBD clients, they'll tell me, I felt this brewing for quite a while, or I should have seen this coming. They saw it coming through the events that were unfolding in their life. I mean, it's in hindsight, of course, but when they look back, they kind of saw it coming. They can point to some of those triggers. When you use this information to start thinking about a more long-term root cause healing approach, think about the role that these triggers played in your life to contribute to your diagnosis. And if you're struggling to figure this out, because sometimes it's challenging to figure it out, you just might not know what those triggers are, I want you to get in touch because I'm happy to help you process this. I'm happy to sit with you while we figure this out together. That's how important this information is. We'll get to the heart of it. You can email me at hello at karenhaley.com. Email me anytime. That's what I'm here for. It's hello and Karen is spelled with a Y. So it's K-A-R-Y-N-H-A-L-E-Y.com. All right. Part of your IBD treatment plan, besides the medication, besides your diet, besides any supplements that you take, it should absolutely include ways to mitigate this trigger that you're experiencing or triggers. It may be causing a physical stressor or an emotional stressor or a chemical stressor. I know that might sound weird, but a chemical stressor from toxins that you might be exposed to. Maybe you are experiencing triggers from all three of these. Because if these are not dealt with, I'm telling you straight, I just have to give it to you straight, mama. You will never get the full healing you so desperately desire. The full healing you absolutely freaking deserve. All right, now I have to ask you, how is all of this landing for you? I know it's a lot. It's a lot to take in. I told you we were going deep today and there is no pressure to have it all figured out right now. Today... It's just about getting a sense of what's been contributing to your illness. How did you get here? It's not the stuff your doctor typically talks to you about, but it's not only something that you have a right to know. 
Like I said at the top of this episode, you need to fully appreciate how you got here, the why behind it all to help you then develop your personal root cause treatment plan. Do you see how you really, you can't do one effectively without the other. You have to step back for a little while to really understand the why so that you can then develop the treatment plan that works best for you. Next week in part two, we're going to get to some of those ideas. We're going to get to what your plan might look like, keeping in mind your personal three-legged stool. When you keep that in mind, you can begin to get to the heart of this root cause healing. That's where we'll start. So I know I never do this, but this week you get to be one of my clients. I give them homework and now I'm giving you homework as well. Before we chat again next week, do some deep thinking about each of your autoimmunity legs, the legs in your autoimmune stool, your genetics, and even more importantly, your epigenetics. Let's keep it positive. Your microbiome. What is the state of your gut bugs? Do you have leaky gut? What are your main symptoms right now? And lastly, what were those stressors? What were those triggers back when you were diagnosed? Are any of them still a factor in your life? Are there maybe new stressors that have creeped up that are holding your healing back? Have this information at the ready next week because when we begin next week we are going to go even deeper we're going to go even deeper to help you make positive change for your ibd in part two of treating ibd moving beyond medicine i can't wait until we meet again i'm wishing you a cheeky and healthy gut healing journey chat soon